Get your day started right. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabiro Sheikh voice of the cake. 16 minutes to the hour of 7 o'clock. It's breakfast. Welcome to it. Now, when the first vaccine does arrive in the province, it is of utmost importance that they are rolled out efficiently, effectively and ethically. The Western Cape government says it is hard, uh, working hard to ensure that everything is in place and all systems are ready to begin vaccinating as soon as possible. The National Department of Health has now confirmed that the first million doses announced by the National Minister of Health, Dr. Zwilim Kizi, are expected to arrive in the country on February the First, joining us online, Premier Alan Windy, the Premier of the Western Cape. Premier, good morning. Thank you so much for your time on Breakfast at 9 to 1.3 FM. It is, of course, a milestone. We're looking all forward to the 1st of February, but let's come back closer to home now here in the Western Cape, talking about those processes. What are those processes that need to take place before the first vaccines can be administered here in the province? Good morning. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, of course, it's quite a a complex uh, system and process. I mean, number one, uh, the vaccines themselves. They, you know, you can't just uh, you know put them on a shelf. They have to be kept in a in a cold environment. So you've got to have that cold chain or that uh, cold logistics uh, value chain. That's what you've got to get in place. Then, of course, it's who's going to administer them, who's going to get them. And so you need the databases um, and then you need the systems. And remember that it's not just about this first round, which our frontline healthcare workers are going to get vaccinated. It's about how do we use this um, mm. as the first uh, uh, sort of uh, rollout as the trial for actually doing uh, the rest of our frontline workers in our province, but also the citizens of our province. Um, it's about getting the database right. Uh, and remember, it's not only one dose, you've got to have two doses. So the person gets gets their vaccination on day one, then you need to know 28 days later, they need to get another one. You've got to have all of that data. Um, you've got to also have had, as you said, it's, it's about ethics. So you've got to also have had the process of who gets first and who gets last. Yeah. Um, so which are more frontline <clears throat> or higher risk within your, within, even within your own staff? Um, how do you make sure that, uh, that you're getting that right? And remember, it's also, it's not all government, it's government and private sector. So it's a, it's a huge partnership. Then, of course, uh, the vaccine is only one part because you've got to have gloves and needles and you've got to have, uh, you know, the, all the processes of making sure the vaccines roll out. And, and, uh, From a safety you know, perspective, yeah. As you can hear, it's pretty complex. Mm. Hi, Mr. Wendy. So in terms of, Hello, you morning. know, morning, once um, the vaccine gets here, like we've said, our frontline workers, I believe city of Cape Town as well. Um, then what happens in terms of, you know, ensuring you've spoken about safety, but where are the do we know in terms of the medical depots who's handling the vaccines? You know, in terms of security, what measurements have been put in place? Um, I was just looking at reports and I thought, you know, in terms of when they said, that the vaccines would be on a plane on Sunday, heading into the country on Monday, that automatically sort of set an alarm for alarm bells for me. So in terms of once we get into the Western Cape and that safety and security aspect, mm. how will we be working around that to ensure that the medical depots uh, are safe? Correct. So uh, obviously also with, uh, with uh, SAPs or the police, um, secure, our own security systems, all of those are in place because you need to make sure that it is secure. And you also need to make sure, I mean, that no one's going to make any mistakes because it's, this is sort of really highly valuable. Uh, and I say valuable, it's valuable in the, in the sense that 
this is a race against time, and you don't want to, um, you know, mess it up. Uh, you, you don't. You, you, the whole world is scrambling for vaccines at the moment. So imagine if you if a vaccine load gets stolen. I mean, that's one thing. But also imagine uh, you saw an article about somebody left the fridge open or something. You know, I mean, just imagine if it breaks that cold chain. Um, any of those things get broken, then those vaccines are wasted. And we're going to have to wait a whole lot longer so that our front line gets protected. And it's a race against time because, you know, we, we don't know exactly when our epidemiologists are working on it, but there's going to be a wave three. Mm. And uh, we've got to try and get at least our front line protected because we've seen in this last wave that it's your front line that's so vulnerable. And uh, when your front line workers, your healthcare workers are getting sick themselves, you know, then it's really not, uh, not helping the citizen. And uh, so we've got to make sure that, you know, from a security point of view, um, from a logistics point of view. Uh, so it's a, it is a mammoth task, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we've been working on it for a while. And the team, you know, if I look at the detail, and, of course, it's also up on our website. Anybody wants to go and have a look at it. Um, it you can see the complexity, but, uh, yeah, we've got a great team here. And uh, they, 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 I'm sure we're going to be tested, but uh, it's all so far so good. Yeah. Now, also, Premier, you know, we understand that there may be fear, you know, of the unknown, which is exacerbated by fear and mixed messages that we find on social media and also in uh, some communities as well. What steps have been taken to build vaccination confidence, if you want to call it that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, we're doing analysis. I don't know if uh, on our Digicon we, we've actually shown now two weeks in a row that the first analysis <clears throat> that we did was actually amongst our own frontline health workers. You know, would you, are you happy to take the vaccine? There you've got yes, and you've got maybe, and you've got no. Um, at least between the yes, the yes and the maybe, uh, it's sort of 80-20. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the first test for us here in South Africa that, uh, you know, people are, are getting it. But, you know, I always say to people, the world has conquered the polios of the world and the smallpoxes of the world. You know, uh, these these viruses, which, which really, you know, killed thousands and thousands of people every year. And, uh, you know, we've dealt with it through, through vaccinations. Uh, people then say to me, yes, but, you know, we, what about this is quick to market? And, and I understand that, but I think the biggest trial ever in the world is happening right now. I'm not sure exactly what the number is today, but we must be 100 million uh, vaccines already administered. Mm. Uh, you know, these are huge numbers and uh, probably the biggest test uh, that there is. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, everybody's part of it. Uh, but mm. again, you know, I think uh, it's going to show that uh, you know, obviously, there, there are people that have reactions, and that's what we've got to be prepared for. Our, our systems are prepared for it, and uh, you know we've got to we, again, we've got to be open and transparent. And uh, you know, I think the the, the frontline workers who need to be protected um, are those medical medical professionals, and I think uh, you know, I think they they are the they are the best test for us because. Mm. They themselves know how to deal with these uh, with these things, and so then we as citizens are going to say, "Well, look, you know, nurse or or doctor, you know, you've had it, and uh, and you can talk to us about it." And then obviously they're the ones that are giving it to us. Mm. Now, Mr. Wendy, speaking about you know being open and transparent, you know, is the public currently privy to the Western Cape House um, current vaccination plan in terms of you know where are those vaccines? Who's going to be administering those vaccinations? Um, you know, how does how how are they selected? How does that all work? 
Okay, so in the first round, obviously, it's going to take place in our hospitals and in our clinics. So, and and of course, you you start where your bigger numbers are. So, people in the city of Cape Town, and then in our bigger towns, you know, that's going to happen in those hospitals, both private and public. Um, and so, that's not really the big issue. The big issue is going to be when it ends up where you're going to get your vaccine in a small town in the Karoo um, or a small village somewhere out in the rural areas um, that perhaps doesn't have a doctor, a chemist, a clinic, uh, you know, because obviously those are the places right now um, because they're going to be administered both in the private sector and the public sector. So, you know, if there's a doctor's rooms, uh, if there's a clinic, if there's, that's where it's going to happen. Um, unless there's lots of people with, with, uh, with uh, not much infrastructure, then, then what will happen is it will be a mobile unit if it's still a small town. Um, if it's in a big city, um, then perhaps, and this, uh, we, you know, as soon as it is finalized, we'll also put this out on our Digicons. Um, it could be uh, in a building, sort of like a convention center or even some of the private sector uh, people have put, made some of their places available that, you know, you can have a number of people moving through. Remember, we, we also can't just congregate. Um, we've all still got to be adhering to masking and, and social distancing. So people can't just all crowd into a place to go and get their vaccines. We don't want the vaccine or vaccination program becoming a super spreader. So um, we've also been uh, looking at the possibility of even, like you've seen the test sites where they drive throughs, how do you do the same thing? Um, so, I mean, we don't have finality because that's when we've got to put out sort of 2 million vaccines. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that's going to need that infrastructure. Um, yeah, and if, as soon as they are sort of available and you know where it's where it's going to be, we will put that also out onto the website, but also use the use the Digicon as the mechanism. Mm. Now, Mr. Wendy, while we are chatting, you know, we know that you have put out a call for the relaxation, so to speak, um, of some of the restrictions, which includes the opening of beaches, um, lifting of the alcohol ban, etc. Curfew. The curfew mm. as well. In terms, what's very concerning is the alcohol ban, and perhaps you can shed further light. You know, if we recall um, previous times when that ban was lifted, the immediate weekend thereafter, you know, hospitals felt that strain. You know, is it in the best interest of the Western Cape at this moment in time to be making a call such as this? So, of course, it's not about fully open, but it's about creating the balance. And obviously in our, in our uh, you know, economic system that we have in the province, it is about getting that balance right. Um, we now have uh, a huge problem with the with the second pandemic, which is poverty and hunger. Um, you know, you, uh, I always sort of use this, and it's not a it's not a proper test, but it's my own litmus test on on people contacting me. And uh, now you see the people that are contacting me are people with. I can't feed my family tonight. Please help me. And um, it is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Uh, the, the cabinet on, on this week was about, um, the, you know, the wellness and dignity of our citizens. And, and uh, you know, we're getting back to that sort of feeding and making sure that there's enough nutrition in our system. And all of this is driven by the economy. Um, <clears throat> at the moment in our system, and I'm talking about the alcohol part, is, uh, you know, there are thousands of jobs that are at risk right now. 
And so how do you find that balance? And of course, yeah, one of it, one part of this uh, or the negative side is the abuse. And, you know, obviously we will be saying to people, it's always been a problem. We've got to make sure that we deal with alcohol abuse. Um, but a banning blunt instrument and saying, well, let's just keep it banned for six months until there's no more virus. Well, then what happens is I think the, the um, you know, the, the hunger and the malnutrition and the deaths that come from there will way outweigh any of these other deaths. And we can't, we can't, uh, you know, uh, have that. We've got to create the balance. But we haven't said, you know, we don't want to. We just want to open it up again. We've said, let's move the curfew back a bit. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's open the alcohol sales a bit. So it's still keep go back to the four days and not seven days. Uh, let's let's use this as a mechanism of monitoring how we can open up the economy a bit more because we passed the peak. The reason we actually asked for the ban was to protect our hospital system, and we did exactly that. Uh, now some of our hospitals are down to 50% uh, occupancy, So, uh, and I think we're sitting at 80% on, uh, across the board, mm. um, occupancy in our hospitals. It is, it is uh, you know, unacceptable that people just losing their jobs, and we just say, well, we'll just hold it there. Okay. And then, of course, we've always said for the beaches and the open public spaces, but again, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what happens and whatever we do from a government blunt instrument, we also have a responsibility as citizens. And, uh, you know, all citizens have a responsibility. Don't all go rushing to the beach. Um, don't go and all abuse alcohol. Uh, remember, we've got to keep the place safe. Mm. Now, Premier, just before we let you go, um, uh, before we wrap up, uh, we've seen that, you know, the call has been made, um, as Sabra has asked you, or, and, 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 and as you've explained, um, and at this point in time, obviously, is that the President is taking these um, suggestions under consideration. Have you received any feedback from his office regarding this? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, so he has uh, called a meeting on Sunday. It's called so, a meeting on Sunday. Yeah, the Premier's, the Premier's and President will be meeting on Sunday. That's the PCC. Um, I know that this week they also had a the National Command Council meeting. And in actual fact, yesterday and today, I'm, I'm in the Lakota with the president. Okay. Um, but today, we, but t- yesterday and today, we're talking about the economy. We're talking about, uh, you know, South Africa and the year ahead. Um, but the actual, the actual uh, management of COVID-19 mm. A discussion will happen on Sunday. Right. I'm going to have to leave it there. Premier of the Western Cape, Mr. Alan Windy, thank you for your time this morning.